Again, the Green and Gold Rugby Podcast, episode 145 or thereabouts. We're not quite sure, but we'll stick with that for the time being. And it is the test window, the time of the season where we all unite as once, as one and cheer on this team. One team, hashtag one team. And with us celebrating this one team is a couple of Waratahs, Matt and Dave. Hey, guys. Hey. G'day, Reg. Welcome to the show. And over west, we've got Gaffer still. Ben, how are you, buddy? Yeah, boys. How are you going? We are good, we are good, and it's it's all about Australia for once. We will talk Super Rugby soon, but we're going to delve straight into it and talk about this test team that it would seem, on the whole, most people are pretty happy about. There's sure to be some contentious issues, so we're going to get into it. Let's go position by position, shall we? We'll start with the most important guys on the team and the front row. So we, we've got James Slipper there, we've got Sikopi Kepu at tight head prop. Uh, I guess the obvious one here is we lost Benny Alexander during the week, who you would have thought would probably be the favourite for that tight head uh, prop position. He, uh, he and uh, I think the Brumbies and Link decided to give him a bit of a rest, so Paddy Ryan came into the training squad and straight onto the bench. But we now see Kepu start as tight head. Let's, any observations there, Matt? What do you what do you think there? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess most people. Well, the thing that's uh, surprised most people is no sign of Scott Seo. So. Um, you know, he, he seems to have had a, a great season, um, and I think we saw him around the Wallabies a little bit uh, last year. So that, that seems a l- little bit strange. I, it I, seems like Link got stuck in his head that he wanted slips at loose head, and then when the tight head thing kind of went up in the air, um, you know, then it wasn't, you know, there, there wasn't any movement because if, you know, obviously Slipper can play both sides of the scrum, I think. Um, and then yep. CO didn't get the look in. And actually, that, that was my question. Where has Slipper been playing um, in most of his games for, for Queensland this year anyway? Yeah, he's been loose head pretty much uh, uh, solely uh, with home uh, playing uh, tight head. Daly's had a few runs, so Slipper might have played a couple of games at tight. I know he was suspended there for a time and uh, some injuries, but mostly at loose head prop. Okay, so our tight head woes or... Uh, you know, lack of depth seems to uh, power on. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I thought CEO would have been there as a backup, but I guess it's a good thing for the Force fans there, Gaff, with uh, Pat Cowan back in the Wallaby jersey for the first time since I think it must have been 2011 or so. Gaff? Yeah, I must, have, must say it was... It, it was a, you shocked as well. You were still shocked. For me to see um, Cowan in front of CEO always... Expected Slipper to get the start. Oh come on, Gaff! <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Link um, mentioned when he first named the squad that um, that Cowan was there because he, he had really good uh, mall defence uh, and and his work in tight and, and in the scrums was was really good with the with the rest of the Force boys under under Foley. Um, so I guess he's probably got the nod there um, with obviously the the big French uh, forward pack that that we're all expecting. Mm. So the guy who's probably got to feel kind of lucky in there maybe is uh, Sakopi Kepu. I mean, he, he had a good performance last weekend, but um, it hadn't been great before that, had it? 
No, you're right. I think he's started yeah, off the bench most Dave. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, well, he has been. But I, I, I'm not that surprised, to be honest, because I think we look at Super Rugby and we look at what Checker's obviously trying to do and Paddy Ryan's probably been there more for his work rate around the field than his scrummaging prowess this season, although he scrummed better last year. So I think he's deliberately been playing that style of game and Kepu has definitely been shoring the scrum up when he comes on. Yeah. So I'm, I wasn't actually that surprised. Once, I mean, once we saw that Alexander was gone, I was actually expecting that he would pick Kepu to start. Um, and it seems a lot of other people were as well. So I'm a little bit surprised Ryan got the reserve spot, but it was, uh, as a few people have said, probably last man standing. So, uh, you know, again, maybe not as surprising as some people think. Yeah, and now yeah, he's the only other tight head in the squad, isn't he? But I think Laurie Weeks has been called in as, as part of that wider training squad to cover, um, which sort of shows, with all due respect to Laurie, the, the, the depth we're lacking there perhaps with um, you know, Dan Palmer's probably that big loss we had last year as that, that real rock at number three. But um, I, I, it should be noted that this is slip, this will be Slippy's 50th test, which is remarkable for someone still quite young. Um, I did the stats today and he becomes our youngest prop uh, by two or three years to reach the 50, te- 50 test marks. So who knows how many more? Yeah, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? It seems like just a few minutes ago he was like, you know, running on against, was it Italy? He had his first couple of, first go against? Oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. That's yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Oh, bah. wow. Well, he could play another eight years. That's another 130 caps <laughs> coming his way. It's amazing how many tests they rack up these days, isn't it? It's ridiculous, yeah. So, so that's the front row. Let's hook up. Obvious, he's our captain now. Let's talk about that captaincy. Stephen Moore is as captain. Dave, what do you think of that? Did he support that one? Oh, I'm, look, I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, I like a few people. I guess I'm a little bit surprised he's never been tagged for higher honours before. Um, and I don't want to really get into the scuttlebutt about why that might be. But um, when you, you know when his name came into the mix, I was pretty happy to see him pick because I mean, he seems like a hard nosed sort of guy. Excuse the pun, but uh, he, you know, he, he seems like a, a fairly quiet, demonstrative sort of guy in the way he plays. So I, I, I was pretty happy with that, to be honest. Yeah, Gags, what are you, what's your read? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess probably where he got to was if there was any suspicion, it was like, you know, for a guy who seemed like such a part of the leadership group for so long and, and was such a senior guy. Why had he never nailed the captaincy? Sort of neither of the Brumbies nor of the Wallabies. Um, so all the Reds, yeah, yeah. The university. We, I don't think he's captained any senior team. Well, you know, and so there's a the thing, but, but that doesn't say he shouldn't have, right? But it's just no. you know, it's one of those things that it, as it went on longer and longer, it was like, so why hasn't it happened? Um, well, who was captaining at the Brumbies when he went there? Because it might just be that he's been unfortunate to always lob into a team position where there's somebody more obvious. I don't know. Greg and, and Mortlock, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah well, so had, they were, had a couple they were of hardly going to be punted yeah. aside for, for him there. Well, and, I, yeah. I think the place where he missed the train was, and I think it was a bit of surprise, and I, well, you know, I had a, um, you know, swap some messages around the time where I think it was a bit of a surprise was when um, Jake White came in and chose Benny Moen. So yeah. I, I think everybody thought that he was a bit of a shoe in there, but um, you know, shake, uh, Jake decided to shake things up a bit um, with Ben Moen. So I think that's when he missed his big chance because he was the senior guy there really then, um, yeah. and he's managed to catch it the second time round. 
yeah, look, I'm with you. I'm, I'm supportive of it for all the reasons a lot of people have said. He's, uh, you know, he was one of the few real certainties you'd suggest there uh, in the team. There's no doubt he was never going to get selected. Um, uh, never not going to not get selected, sorry. And, yeah, he is, as you say, Dave, he is that uh, physical in your front. And by all reports, he's an he's a immaculate preparer for a game, much like Reagan was, so really sets a standard there. And from other reports we hear about some of the incidents over recent years, he doesn't take any shit. He doesn't, you know, stand suffer fools. So um, it, that'll be an important one as part of this, I guess, standard setting the Wallabies need to do. Uh, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, if you remember that podcast we did with uh, Nick White, and um, and you know, and he was basically saying, uh, it, you know, the well, actually, I don't think it was the podcast with Nick White. I think it was actually a podcast with Squeaky. I think I was trying to get some dirt out of Nick White, and all he would say is, you know, basically, you know, ask about his preparation because, um, you know, apparently he's just a, absolutely legendary for the preparation, as you were saying um, uh, there, Reg, that he just, you know, works so hard to get himself right every year. Yeah, yeah. Well, good for him. We, we, we You would assume now that's it for the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, I guess we've got Pocock to consider, but with Hooper being no. vice-captain, but you think this is more as our skipper to next year. I, I can't see Pocock really coming into the mix, and that's not because whether he might play or not. I just, you know, when he's captain before, he hasn't really seemed to take it by the scruff of the neck. Um, and I'm not I'm not sure he's likely to, to take that role. Yep, no, that's fair enough. What about you, Gaff, mate? You're, you're a fan of Moore as captain or would you like to go to somewhere else? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think, he, uh, I think he's a great choice. It's interesting that... Um, there's been some comment at how he's been sort of in and around the system for what ten years now, and 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 sort of hasn't had a had that captain's that C next to his name. But um, but I think uh, I think he's brings something that's much needed to to the group now. He's he's uh, he's got that sort of uh, no mucking around. He, he says what he thinks, and, and he doesn't care if it, if you don't like it, sort of thing. So I think that's what this uh, this. What, what the team's been missing over in the last few years, and, and I think he's going to be great, and absolutely he should be there uh, coming up to next year. Yep, good stuff. Well, let's move on to Locke, and Locke was one of those positions where there was a lot of uh, a lot of question marks as to who might be in the team there. As it turns out, we've got Rob Simmons back again, and, and, and form probably dictates that. But the other one, we've got our first debutant being uh, Sam Carter from the Brumbies, gets his, uh, gets his first cap this weekend. Um, and a great moment for Sam, whose father, Dave, played half a dozen or so tests for the Wallabies back in the late 80s. So I remember being a very, very tough uh, back row, blindside flanker, number eight, played in that era. Uh, I think maybe just before that Lions series of 89. But, um, oh, no, he would have played maybe just uh, around that time whether he played in that series. But I know he played in that test series that saw Jason Little and Tim Horan play together for the first time. So he'll be a very proud dad as Sam runs on this week. So what do you reckon here, Gaff? Was this the right call? Obviously, James Hall is on the bench. Uh, no Will Skelton. Uh, uh, no Luke Jones from the Rebels. Yeah, it's um, it's great for the young bloke to uh, to get his shot. Um, you're beating out uh, beating out uh, Jones and Skelton to uh, to get that first that first crack. Um, Link was really uh, 
really big at the beginning of the, when he named the squad about developing that, that locking uh, position, which we sort of have lost a few people over the years, you now with Douglas and, uh, and Tamani and, and, and so on. So, no, he, he's, uh, he's been great for, for two seasons now, and, uh, and so I think he thoroughly deserves um, his spot. And I think he will complement uh, Simmons. Uh, Simmons had to be there, obviously. He's been, he's been in, in okay uh, form. Um, but obviously, for his line out, uh, line out calling now that Mullins uh, not available, so I think he he uh, he'll, he'll he hopefully he takes the uh, takes the next step up and and really uh, runs with it. Yep, Gags. What about you? Was this the right combo? Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know if there was the right combo there that I could think of um, from the point of view of. What I would have really liked to have seen is you know more of an old like a younger guy learning from an old bull. Um, you know, which is it's the kind of the classic locking pair. You know, you tend to have somebody who's a bit of a master and somebody else who's sort of learning the game. Um, and I, I don't really feel we've got that in that, obviously, um, you know, Rob Simmons, he's, he's, he's coming on and he's got a few tests under his belt now. I'm sure you can tell me to the test. There. 37. 37, there you go. Um, <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's coming on, but he's not quite, you know, you wouldn't say he's, he's the old bull, so to speak, um, nor that he's, does he kind of play that way. So, I, you know... That's the bit, and I think Bob Dwyer said this week in the column, he's, there's plenty of talent around, but we just haven't got enough people cemented in that spot. And ideally what you'd like is a James Hall will absolutely firing, and he could play that you know experienced role and someone, his, his, his shadow, but it's just not working out that way at the moment. Don't get me wrong, I'm really excited to see um, Karts in there. Um, he's such a hard worker. Um, like Jones from from uh, Melbourne, who didn't make it. Um, so you know, that's obviously why we didn't have Stu Faz on this week. There was no point <laughs> um, <laughs> um, with, with no one there from the Rebels. But um, yeah, I mean, I think you know, there's a bunch of great players in there. I think you know, Will Skelton. Um, if the AOU can save up enough money to feed him, um, we might be able to pick him. Um, but you know, it would be great to see what sort of you know impact he could make. But all of these guys are sort of you know un, untested at, at, at test level. Um, and it'll be interesting. I, and I think if I was the French, for example, I know exactly what I'd be targeting. I'd be, I'd be going dirty and mean. Nickel, yeah. yeah, you know, right in, right in the engine room. Um, and that's got to be right in their game plan. So, Dave, was Kev the right choice for the bench there, or would you have given one of the other young guys, Skelton or Jones, a run off the bench there? Uh, look. With my um, unbiased tar hat on, I would have loved to see Skelton get a run, but it might be too early for that. Still, I think he'll get his time. Um, I, look, I'm happy with Hallwell on the bench, to be honest, because he hasn't been in great form, but he's just got a wealth of experience, and you know, he's one of those players. I think he'll play better in a better team environment with you know some more positive playing around him than he has been getting at the Reds this year, um, and perhaps he'll flourish a bit more under McKenzie again. So I'm not upset with that. Um, I think Rob Simmons had to be there. So, you know, and he hasn't been playing the house down, but he hasn't been playing badly and he played very well last year. So it would have been hard to put him aside. Um, and, you know, look, great for Carter. I mean, I, I, I like the way he plays. Um, I, I think it's a shame that Douglas has made his choice to go because he's actually just started to play probably some of his best footy ever. But um, just, yep. so you know, he's but you know, he's he's young too, so who knows, a couple of years time he might be back and 
knocking on the door anyway. So I think we've got some good players coming through at lock. So it, look, it still looks promising to me. Mm. Yeah. Think about Kev is you, you won't deny his his attitude at training. He'll give it all and he'll be that mentor, if not on the field, on the training paddock at least. And I, I agree with you, David. I think he'll he'll love getting back around. You well, he's been trying he's been trying his ass off. I mean you watch him in the games and he's been putting in a hundred percent all yeah. the time. And he hasn't maybe been as effective as he normally is with the hundred percent. But you know, you can't question his uh, his application. So you know, I think I, I I think he's gonna he'll step up. I think he'll improve over the, these these few tests and then into the rugby championship. Yep, agreed. All right, well let's move into the back row there. And I don't think there's too much to discuss on the side of the scrum where Scott Fardy and Michael Hooper were the the um, the obvious choices there. I think uh, Hooper getting the VC next to his name doesn't mean much. He's probably just you know puts him in that leadership group. Any comment there, guys, on, on Hooper's uh, VC unsurprising. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, 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 yeah, I think many people will, you know, a number of people thought he might even get the captaincy position, so it shouldn't be too much of a surprise. So let's jump straight to eight where Cliffy Parlu uh, gets the spot. And let's, you know, we could sort of, this is one of those great debate nights. So Benny McAlwin, Gaff, should have Benny been the man? Uh, it, it, I guess it uh, it all comes where you, where you come from. I guess the Force fans will say absolutely. Ben McCowman's been the form Australian number eight, um, but there's no questioning when uh, Palu's up and running the 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 uh, impact that he has, and and he and he does uh, does strike fear into the other opponents. I guess with these with these uh, bustling runs and things. So uh, McCowman on the bench uh, probably. To, to replace Palu after about, well, probably usually about 60 minutes. So I think it's probably the right call for now. Um, uh, but let's hope, yeah, Palu can uh, can continue to, to keep in the form that he's showed in the last few weeks um, and, and not break down as he has done in the past, I guess. Gags, Palu was the man for the job. Matt, you reckon Cliffy was the man? Yeah, I mean, I think anybody, any coach has had the chance to get Cliffy Palu out in the park has always done whatever they can to do so because um, it's just of the impact he makes I think last weekend he, he's, he's clearly still not 80 minutes to me though um, and I think he was really blowing last weekend about half time and then and then after about 10-20 minutes on the other side of it but having said that he was making such impact um, both in his runs and then in his clear outs and you know that, that was a big part of the reason why the Chiefs didn't want a bar of it because you know they're, they're just getting hurt um, any time they went near the breakdown, and I think he had a lot to do with that. So, yeah, I mean, and, and we need that. I mean, you know, I think we've all got hopes around that we can have the impact that's sort of like, you know, the Waratahs and the Brumbies have been having, but, you know, you've got to have those guys who are making the big, you know, those big impactful runs, and without a pot geeter, you know, Cliffy's one of those few guys who can really do it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was no surprise to me that he was going to take that eight, but, you know, Benny Mack off the bench, he's such a hard worker, I, I don't think that's a a bad thing. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm not surprised by Parlo. I think every time we've spoken about him this year, he, he's been his form has been excellent. Uh, the biggest question mark was that fitness day in, day out. I know the, there was talk of the Tars sort of using him on a match-on, match-off basis, and that doesn't sit well with me in test match rugby, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes in these next three tests and then backing up for the rest of the season for the Tars because when in form, he, he's our best number eight. So... It's uh, good to see him there, and he's definitely in form. Uh, I guess the next question, and we'll, we'll sort of jump to the benches. There's no, as we said, Benny McCalman's there. No, Scott Hickenbotham is. Is that a surprise? His form did start the season 
uh, very well. But it's fair to say it's probably waned a bit. Dave, have you watched much Piggins this year? I have. I look. I'm um, contrary to what some might think. I'm actually a big fan of Higgers, um, but frustrated one most of the time because I think he's one of these guys with way more potential than he probably realises. Um, so I'm I'm not actually that surprised that he missed out, but he, he's he's still a little bit unlucky. I mean, I think the, the the balance that Mackenzie's got here makes sense because if you look at who's starting the game, you know you need some big ball carriers, and Parler does that, and and he probably does it a bit more than McCalman, whereas McCalman's just you know has got an animal work rate. So you're getting different things from them, I think. Um, so I, I think the balance is actually right, and I think. You know, Higginbotham's not perhaps far off, but, you know, I think the, that combination's pretty good. Yep, happy with that. All right, we're going to move into the halves where there is another controversial selection where uh, Willie Genia has been dropped completely from the squad, so not just from the starting team, but from the 23 all up. And Nick White starts for the Brumbies, uh, from the Brumbies, and uh, Nick Phipps is on the bench. Matt, did you see that one coming? Yeah, well, it had been rumoured, hadn't it? Um, mm. it, it? It was out there. It's a brave call, I, I'll, I'll say that, in that, you know, to leave somebody as talented as Will out of a 23 out, you know, altogether is, um, is, is, a, is a big call, right? He's one of those guys who does the big things, you know, scored the try in the 2011 Reds victory, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but on the other hand, if you're going to try and go by form, you've got to say he's not been in it. Um, yep. And the t- those two halfbacks who've got in ahead of him have both been integral to why their two teams have been playing so well, and that's their ability to just you know clear the ball quick and get, keep people on the front foot. Um, I was having a chat with uh, Elisha Pierce, I think he's a um, a journo um, on Twitter today, and I think he was taking the opposite view, which is how can you leave a, again year out? And I could see his points. But um, and, and it's also those sort of saying, oh, well, it's because the Reds pack have been so bad this year. But I really think, you, you know, I, it really rubs me up the wrong way, that whole excuse that, you know, you can't judge Genia and Cooper because of the pack. Because especially with the nine, I think that they've got so much to do with how the pack plays. Um, yep. if, the, if, the, if the nine's not clearing the ball fast enough and well enough, then the pack can't get in the front foot and they go backwards. So, you know, it's, it's something that works totally together um, and you can't absolve the nine. And I think Will's been part of that. Um, I think Bob Dwyer has been calling that all year, um, you know, which, is probably, which has been rubbing some other people up the wrong way. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a ballsy call to leave such a talented athlete out, but he's just he's not having a, a great gram at nine. So... It'll be um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if these two guys can um, step up on the international stage. Yep. Now this isn't the place, but the Reds forwards haven't been that bad. I think they've been actually the better part of the team this year. But we won't go too far into there. Look, I I was surprised with this, particularly with Genia being in having a very good game uh, in this most recent game. Surprised? Yes. Disappointed? No. For the exact same reasons you're saying. Uh, White is a class player, and we've seen that for the last couple of years. And, mate, particularly in this last game, Phipps, I thought he was fantastic. And you're right, just a key part of that uh, the success and that game plan of the Waratahs. So I'm, I'm you know, keen to see how they go. I think it's a great, a, a great sign by Link that he has picked a team in form and who are doing the job for their team and who he hopes will do it for the War- for the Wallabies. So, no, nope, that's 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 a big one here. Um, guys, Dave, Gaff, anything to add? Oh, look, I, 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 yeah, I wasn't, I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. But, you know, again, I think you can maybe 
I can sort of see the sense in it in a way because I think McKenzie looks like he wants to be trying to increase the pace of the game as it goes along. And, you know, that's probably been the, the area for me, and as Matt just said, that, that uh, Will's fallen down a bit this year. It's just his, his pace of um, delivery, his pace of play. He was obviously much better on the weekend, but, you know, I think the potential if things are starting to get a little bit opened up with someone like Phipps, the way he's playing, just it could make a huge difference in that latter part of the game um, with, with someone playing at that pace. And, you know, obviously it looks like people like Kirtley Bill, who will come to in a minute, maybe being introduced as well. So I, can, I think I can see what he might be trying to do with it. There was another point that um, I think on Twitter today, Reg, you and I picked up a tweet there from the, um, uh, the guy from Sansa. Um, I'm trying to remember his name now. Um, and he, he, he tweeted out some stats. And, um, you know, there was the understandable stats. I think Will had better running meters. Um, I think uh, Nick White obviously had better points because he's, he's kicking goals. Yep. Um, but then one of the things that I wasn't expecting to see was the um, defensive stats yeah, from the yeah. three. And what you saw was that Phipps had made a gazillion more tackles, like 120 to 90, you know, sort of sort of range. Um, but that also Phipps's defensive percentage, that the tackle completions were at 89%, which is you know, bloody good for anybody. Um, uh, I think Wills was at, was at 80%, and I think Nick White was at 77%. Yep, um, hang on. And, and um, now I think back on it, I think you think the number of times you see uh, Nick Phipps come from behind to drag some guys made a, a break um, down, um, he's been really key to their defence. And I, I, that did surprise me. I, didn't surpri- I wasn't surprised by the other two stats, um, but that defensive one, um, and I think they're all, th- all three of them are good defensive players, um, but Phipps, it looks like, you know, from the numbers anyway, he's, he's had a blinder in that role. So I think he probably, you know, that plus the way he's been, like we've been talking about, integral to the Tars attack for, for at least the last, you know, four or five games, um, he probably deserves his shot. Yep. Well, that's it. So White's starting, and his partner, as Dave alluded to in the fly half there, is uh, Bernard Foley from the Waratahs. Uh, I've got a you, Gaff, Independence over there. What did you think of this one? Was Foles the man for the job? Did you think he would be the, once Quaid was injured, that Foley would be into the 10 jersey? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, once we, we knew that well, Cooper was out and, and, and Tamua was going to be looked at as a, as, as, as a centre, um, uh, and then it came down to, to Beal and Foley. I thought Foley obviously has been in great form with the Tars um, this year and, and he's just been getting better and better as, as it's as it's been going, um, and I think yeah, there wasn't much much choice there. Beal um, being playing in that twelve channel, but I guess as of, as that they sort of play that two that that, that double playmaker. Um, but but Foley also offers uh, that that reliable boot, um, which uh, the Wallabies are now missing with uh, with Cooper gone and, and Lilia Fano not in not in the starting team. Um, so I think yeah, it's a, it's a great choice. I think it's his first run on start um, this weekend. Um, so I think, yeah, he, he, he didn't let the team down last year every time he got on the field, and, and I don't think he will this weekend. Yeah, and you make the point there, he will be the kicker for the Wallabies this week, so uh, uh, a big task for him in his starting debut. Uh, Dave, you're a Waratah man. This was uh, laid down was there for you. It was just a matter between him and another Waratah. Uh, no, look, I to be honest, I didn't really, uh, in my mind, think Kirtley Bill would get the nod to start. Um, I, you know, I think... In terms of his value, he's, this is much more valuable where he is, which is a bit hard on Kirtley maybe, but I think he's, he's, he's just the super utility. 
You know, he can come on and play 10, he can play 15, he can play on the wing. Yep. You know, I think he just covers so many positions. Plus, as I said before, you know, he's that sort of guy, you bring him on, you know, 45, 50 minutes into the game or something like that, and he could break it apart. Um, so, for me, I didn't think Bill was really in it. The question was, in my mind, was a little bit whether he would perhaps relent with Tamura and put him there, but um, he obviously liked him at 12 last year, and so did most of us, so... I think, and he, knew, he liked Foley. I mean, he had Foley on the end of year two and he used him a bit as a replacement. So you obviously see something in him. Um, so, no, I, I, I expected Foley would get it once, once Cooper was out. And yeah, Gags was... Yeah, sorry, go on. I was going to say, Bill, um, with just on Foley, McKenzie also made the point that even if Cooper was, uh, was fit, that he would still be in the squad. So mm. he obviously does rate him very highly and, 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 he's, and he's been given the nod straight out. Uh, to, to show what he's got, I guess. Uh, I think it's because he plays that Randwick style that McKenzie probably has deep in his bones. It just that, yeah. that, that front foot um, direct running, attack the line sort of style to get his players going. I mean, uh, you know, I think that, that sort of style, when it works, is, is fantastic. Yeah, agreed. Look, I agree. I, I... Thought to uh, my preference was Tamura at ten and someone like McCabe at twelve, but I think the style Link wants to play is exactly that bit of width in this game and to have that second fly half, second second five eighth there in Tamura who can also add to the to the width game, the passing game is is a great sign for Australian rugby. Um, Matt Foley's had some; he's definitely played well this year for the Tars, but there's been even Tar supporters who have who have bemoaned him at stages this year. Perhaps it was his combination with Beal. Um, what what does he bring to the game? What do you think? What, what are your concerns about him there, or do you have any? Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays under a bit of pressure. I think uh, where the Tars had their problems when uh, teams, you know, really managed to get the, uh, you know, up and in uh, kind of rush defence on them. Because um, I think Foley really likes, he likes to be able to run the ball, likes to be able to take it forward, which I think is what makes him a real potent threat. You can't take his, you t- can't take your eyes off him and he'll keep um, everybody inside uh, honest, uh, which then gives, you know, Kirtley uh, more room to roam and, and other players outside of him. So if, if they can get up in his face, though, and uh, if they can knock the forwards back, you know, like any uh, 5'8", he'll, he'll struggle a little bit there. Um, uh, you know, and the other bit is he's just a little bit green. Um, so, you know, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens from that perspective. He also, only a couple of weekends ago, he, you know, he had an absolute shocker with the boot. Um, mm. and, and, I, and I don't think we'll be able to afford that luxury against the French. So let's just hope that doesn't happen again. Yeah, exactly right. Well, I guess they've got back up in white and... Even more in Tamur if they need it with uh, with Beal obviously on the bench. So just uh, on the subject of his kicking, if I can have just yes. a quick minute. Yep. I, actually, I was at a lunch last week and um, uh, Mertens was talking, um, and that came up in, in what he was talking about, just about the kicking. And uh, you know, he he actually said he didn't have that many concerns with his with what he's doing most of the time. He said. He just, he said on that night, he says he just got, he was getting his plant foot just in the wrong spot. He wasn't just, wasn't quite planting his foot where he should be. And, um, but he said overall he, he wasn't actually that worried with what he's doing. Now, whether that's, he's just saying that because he's their kicking coach, I don't know. But, you know, yep. he, he didn't actually, it didn't sound like he thought this was a huge functional problem for him. And if you take out that one bad week, his, his, his percentage for the rest of the year has been over 80%. So, 
anyway. Yep. Well, let's hope they don't doesn't come come down to goals regardless. Exactly. Mm. Um, can, can I can I just jump in here? I guess it was a, it's almost a reverse question to you, Reg, or anybody about what we thought what we think might have happened if um, Quaid had been around. Because um, I've got to say, I think actually the Reds last weekend looked looked unfettered for some reason, um, and you know they played pretty simple stuff, but they played it really really effectively. Um, and you know you got to you know you instantly start asking the question, well, what's different? Um, and obviously Quaid not being there was one of them. And I think it was one coat uh, or Scott Bryant who threw in the suggestion of, you know, would it would Genya be out of the squad if Quaid had been starting at ten? Um, you know, or would they have gone for that combination? So, anyway, Quaid's injury, I think, it, it, it well, it changes things up a, a long way, doesn't it? And I wonder if it might be for a good thing. What do you reckon, Rich? Yeah, I'm with you, mate. And I can talk a bit about that Queensland theory. I've been thinking the same this week. It changes the game. And I think Lucas only had got half a dozen runs, if that, during the game and compare that to what Cooper would normally Um it would have been a massive call for Ewan to uh, drop Cooper and Genia and Horwell um, uh, from the same test match, even if they deserved it. I, I, I don't know. Um, I get the get the feeling that Wine's right. If, if Quaid was there, Will would be there as well. So um, whether it's a good thing for the Wallabies, I don't know. I, I like what I, I like that what this halves can bring to it. Like, you know, I think we all love Tamua at twelve. Um, I'm intrigued to see how he how he interacts with Foley there at ten, but uh, I think uh, this is a chance for us to look at uh, the Wallabies as a team without relying on that individual piece of brilliance from from Quaid at ten there. Yeah. Um, so looking at that centres, we've got Matty Tamur and, and Tavita Kurandrani from the Brumbies. So, so the combo that, not quite the incumbent combo because uh, Kurandrani was, was suspended for a couple of games there, but they are effectively come the end of season two of last year. They are our number one pairing. And so no real surprises there, guys. I guess the one question was uh, around Adam Ashley Cooper, who has been superb at 13 for the Waratahs. Dave, would you have picked Ashley Cooper one spot in or are you happy with him out in the wing? Uh, if we had better wingers yeah. available, yeah, in a heartbeat, I, yeah. I just think my argument, which I put on, I think I put on the forum or something like that during the the week, was, you know, would the All Blacks pick someone like Adam Ashley Cooper on the wing? And it's like them picking, you know, um, Conrad Smith and put him on the wing just so they could fit Pekatara in there. Yeah, um, they wouldn't do it, you know. So I just think if we had the wing options that we Perhaps Mackenzie would like, you know, I Spate, um, Tamani, uh, Ashley Cooper had to be a thirteen for me. That's not to say Corindrani's bad; hasn't he's been playing well? He played well last year, so I don't have a big problem with it. But yeah, I would have picked him at thirteen if if we could have. What about you, Gaff? I mean, is this a combination that you see long term for Australia in Corindrani and Tamua? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ashley Cooper obviously has been probably the form um, outside centre in Australia, and, and 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 as was mentioned, if if we sort of had a bit uh, better wing options, um, I would, would have said he would would have bit found himself there in that in that thirteen jumper. Um, I made the prediction, the fearless prediction, in the very first podcast this year that uh, that Godwin would be the the starting twelve come the French game, and and unfortunately he's out with injury, and and Tamura. Last year on uh, on the the end of your tour, I think it was in that that last Bledisloe Cup game in Dunedin, where uh, after Liliofano did his did something to his shin, he, he came in and and since then he, he he was he was just 
fantastic every game uh, at, at, at that 12. So I don't think it was a, much of a hard choice for, for Link to play him there. And, and Kuandrani, he, he's, been, he's been good without being excellent. Um, but he, he showed enough last year, I think, once he, he sort of uh, settled into the role that, that he does have a lot to offer to Australia in that position. Um, but obviously, yeah, we, we're sort of lacking in those, those outside men. Um, so we're looking, hopefully, for someone like uh, Tamani to come back, and, which would allow Ashley Cooper to, to slot back in at 13. Yeah, it's interesting. Our, our wing depth really has declined, and I guess Tamani is injured, um, and there's a few other guys there, bit pieces. Obviously, Henry Spites, Spates not available yet. Um, uh, Luke Morahan, whether he'd be in contention. Uh, Dom Shipley, ones that, that's playing back into form, but it leaves us with Cummins and Ashley Cooper. And when I say leaves us, that's a, a very capable uh, wing partnership. But again, I think those guys played a few games in the wing together on the end of season tour. Cummins has obviously been in, in good form this year, having some big games. But um, it, it's the, the the wing position is one you know you wouldn't mind a few other guys sticking their hand up for gags. Yeah, I, I you know the guy who's really impressed me this year. At wing and who I think is yeah been, okay has, I know who you're gonna say yeah has been a revelation is yeah. uh, automatic selection for team of the week <laughs> week in week out is Rob Horn um, yeah you're right yeah I mean he's uh, yeah I, it's almost like he's been freed from you know the idea that at centre he might actually have to pass the ball um, and and now he can just run hard and he does it fantastically well he's I think he's a great you know kind of blindside winger. Uh, yep. Sort of thing. So, yeah, I, that's that's where I kind of think. Well, we don't necessarily have to ship a, an Ashley Cooper out into the wing. I think uh, Rob Horn could have kind of played that role. And the other thing Horn gives you, not that Ashley Cooper doesn't, but is just fantastic defence. I mean, he's a he's a hard hitter in defence as well. So, yeah, at wing, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind to see him having a bit of a run. He's got plenty of international experience as well. Um, having said that, I think our problem isn't for blindside wingers. So mm. you know, then you've got um, Honey Badger. He's you know plays such a great kind of bustling game. But the kind of person we're missing at the moment, exactly as you were saying, is that, you know, pure pace. Yeah. Um, like the kid who scored three tries for my son's team on the weekend, um, <laughs> who, who could afford to run 20 yards sideways across the team the field just to get around the other side and still gas them. Um, yeah. You know, it's that sort of pace, you know, the kind of the Rod Davies sort of pace. Um, Joe Damani, I think, got that, and he managed to show that a few times last year, and um, and Henry Spade as well. So I'd, I'd like us to have at least one of those options, and um, either with... You know, the three that we're looking at, Horn, Cummins, or Ashley Cooper, we don't really have that. Um, mm, no, we don't. So, which is a bit of a pity, but they're all good players. Yeah, it's yep. a shame we don't have, uh, you know, one of those fast guys sort of lurking in the, in the super rugby ranks like, you know, like Shipley or Morahan or um, Beetham that have actually consistently made a, a step up to that higher level where they yeah. sort of really, they're screaming out to be picked because... You know, they're the sort of some like Beetham. I mean, he, it baffles me a bit because you look at him; he's big. He can he can bump people off. He's fast, but um, it just doesn't seem to have it at the moment. And it's a it's a bit of a shame. There's some guys that look like they could be that player, but they're not. None of them are really stepping up. I think he wrangles with injury. Is he injured at the moment? He is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, even when he wasn't, he's yeah. he, you could see that he he just hasn't been making that extra step to say, "Pick me, pick me." Yeah. So. Yeah, we really need Spate. Waiting for September, Spate will probably be that, that man. And, uh, and dare we say, next year with uh, James O'Connor maybe coming back. Um, that's the sort of players, those, those two sort of players that, we are, that we're really missing on that, on that open side wing. 
he dares to utter the name that shall not be mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back just not to the force, yeah. <laughs> but um, he's going he's to play for um, West Harbour. We all know that. <laughs> exactly. Well, look, we're, we're all skirt, skirting around it, Reg. What about the real problem position, though, for the Wallabies? Um, the, Mate, the, to, the to be honest, contentious one. Well, I don't, think, I don't think his name has been mentioned in the whole, entire um, Test match discussion, except when they named the team. So I reckon we continue the trend and just move on. Fullback is fullback. <laughs> oh, somebody, somebody put his name forward as a potential captain option since he was an auto pick. So Did they really? <laughs> that was the only discussion I saw. <laughs> Yeah. I was the only way that I was going to say is you don't really need your wingers in the Wallaby team. You just need them to run, uh, uh, you know, outside lines for Izzy to run inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just, just on the uh, on the back line, it's very um, having a look at the the experience. Um, Ashley Cooper, obviously the elder statesman with ninety one tests, um, but I think he's got something like thirty more tests than the rest of the back line combined. Yeah, um, and then, and then it really shows who the next uh, highest um, test player is is uh, Israel Folau with 12 so True. second one one year into his international career and he's he's all statesman in the back back line now and then Nick, Nick Cummins is next with 10 and then everyone else is sort of in, in single digits so it's a very uh, very rookie back line but um hopefully hopefully we'll be able to get the job done yeah Link needs to get a few tests into him before next year doesn't he well, like we say, mate, by the time that the World Cup comes along, you know, Izzy will be pushing 50. <laughs> but, I mean, look, uh, it's, that point probably talks to one of the things I'm, I, I was going to say is, you know, when I looked at this squad overall um, today, I thought, oh, individually, all the players, you know, you know, you can, a few little question marks here and there, but, you know, excited to see every single one of them play, really. Um, you know, it doesn't have that Deansy and, oh, no, got us, you know, got that guy again for no good reason. Um but I must. There's something that jars, and, I, and I, it took me a while to put my finger on it. But is that there are no combinations in this team whatsoever. Like there is no one who plays together. The locks don't play together. Back row doesn't play together. Front row doesn't play yeah. together. Yeah. Nine and ten don't play together. You got um, your sentence. That's it. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Twelve and thirteen is so. Yeah. I tell a lot. Yeah, like, it's remarkable. Are, yeah. the, are the only combinations. Um, is the only is the only combination. So. Now, I know um, Link, he might have been in an interview we did at, um, with the MPC, I can't remember now, but or maybe it was even somewhere else. He, he kind of played down the combination thing. And I tell you, what was really interesting around um, his conversation there um, with uh, Tamua, you know, not playing at 10, but playing at 12 for him was he was like, well, there's a certain way we want to play. So, yeah. you know, I guess he's, I guess by not having any combinations, you kind of, you've got more of a chance of doing that because people aren't mm. going to fall into what they're used to. But on the, on the other hand, when you've got, you know, backline with, you know, uh, minus Ashley Cooper with a total of, you know, 12 caps or whatever, or sorry, was it 30 caps or whatever, yeah. um, you know, you've got, you know, you're pushing you're pushing the barrel up hill a little bit, and it would be nice to I think to have a few combinations, and we just don't have anywhere. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. That's a astute observation. Well, the rest of the squad, the only two guys we haven't really named were uh, on either side of the reserves bench there with Pilata now at backup hooker. That was a given. Nathan Charles in the squad, but I think you know Tatafu was always going to be the backup hooker. And Pat McCabe uh, is the, the last reserve back with Phipps and Beal. So um, two very much informed players. It's it's actually a, a, a very decent bench with a lot of very good informed players, at least with Tatafu, McCalman, Phipps, Beal, McCabe, 
um, you know, Paddy Peck and Hall uh, playing well. But those guys, it's a, you can get a real input out of that bench. And I know it's a big thing you and always focused on is you pick your benches to – it's not so much, um, you know, who replaces who. It's how you want to finish the match as well as how you want to start the match. So he'll have some ideas of how he wants to use those guys without doubt. And that's the Wallaby team, guys. It's um, first test of the season, obviously, at uh, Suncorp Stadium on Saturday night versus the French. Um, the ARU are giving away gold berets, which seems a little bit odd, but um, uh, for those attending, so get along there. A quick question for you guys. What do you think? So there's a lot of guys. I think what, there must be how many people in this Wallaby squad? 32 or something. So there must be eight or nine guys who aren't playing. What do you reckon Link's approach here will be? Do you reckon he'll give everyone a run or will he stick with his team? Dave? Uh, I I actually, in a way, I hope he, he, he sticks with his team because partly because of what Matt said. They don't have combos and that can have its good points and bad points, but I think he's, you still want to, you want to build them now. Now you've got a, a test team, you want the, the guys to actually gel. Um, I guess the only thing which might throw that, a spanner into that would be, you know, if, if the Wallabies flogged them in the first two tests, not saying they will, but if they did, then you might see some some changes for the third to give some guys a run, and that's maybe fair enough to get people blooded. But I, I'd actually like to see the same team. I'd like to see some consistency and, and actually see them building a unit because we're going to need it for the rugby championship. I mean, I, I think it might be a bit of a mix. I think you might see, say, sort of 9 through 13, I think you might try and give them a good solid run um, and get those sort of combinations moving. Um, but I think especially in the second row... Uh, we might see... Yeah, uh, actually, a, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, a little bit more chop and change because I think he's going to want to see, you know, what does Luke Jones add? What does Will Skelton add? Can they, you know, what, what does it look like at international level? Um, so, yeah, I, and I'd like to see that. I think everyone would like to see, um, you know, a few bits there. But, um, yeah... I'll tell you I, what Will Skelton looks like at international level. He looks like the mountain in Game of Thrones. Yeah. That's what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> He's frightening up close. Yeah. I'm still getting over the last episode again. I'm still, I'm scarred. Yeah. <laughs> just, guys, I'm still catching up on, I think I'm on episode three of season one, so... Oh, just, you know, just, just ignore everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's that's the Wallaby team, guys, and we're excited. We're moving, it's the international season, and, and, and it all starts on Saturday night for us, so... We do want to take the time to look back on Super Rugby uh, from the weekend past. We know I've got a bit of a break, but uh, there's some, you know, very significant results from it. We'll start quickly with the uh, with your boys, Gaff, and the Force getting smashed by the Crusaders over there. Uh, just quick comments on that one, mate. Yeah, very disappointing. Not not completely unexpected going over to uh, to, to New Zealand, and, and we and we have had a, our fair share of, uh, of injuries. I think something like six of our starters are out at the moment, which are all yeah, drew back. Yeah, it's been tested yet. Yeah, drew back in uh, after the break. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a very disappointing match. It was sort of blown out in the very beginning. I think they got to 16-0 at halftime, and then they had a bit of a fight back, um, fight back and got, got a try early on in the second half, but then the couple of penalty tries and a couple of yellow cards just sort of Blew us out of the water, and and, and a massive uh, massive injury to uh, to Angus Cottrell. Uh, got a broken leg, so he'll be out for the rest of the season. Um, but it looks like he's also about to put pen to paper this week. So it's good for the for the force to be able to sign someone his quality, and hopefully he'll be able to get back uh, next year and, and 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 show the form he's been having having this year. But yeah, obviously. The, 
just needed to get through this game and, and get through the break, and, and then after the break, make a make a tilt for that that finals position. Yeah, all right. Next game of the round was the uh, the Reds doing the Highlanders, and this was an interesting game. We ran out to a twenty-one nil. Uh, lead early and, and um, Highlanders fought back and it was 31-0, I thought it was 31-17 with maybe 10 to go, 31 uh, all uh, with minutes to go. Siren goes, we play a few phases on and Shatsy scores under the post there. But it was um, it was a great game. It was great to see Queensland uh, win again. I think, as you say, uh, Gags, is that it was interesting the, the the way the back line worked with, with no Quaid and Lucas kind of out underplaying his hand and Will definitely stepped up. He had his probably best game of the season. I, I love the pass he put on for Shatsy's try. He just held it up beautifully. But both those guys just sort of acted as linkmen for the rest of the team and Harris is, is playing with the best foot he has um, for the season or for a little while and coincidentally after he signed with the Rebels. Um, but our forward pack, uh, very dominant. I think we scored uh, another tight head, uh, sorry, another pushover try, which is two for the season, which must be the first time for a while, which might indicate that Styles is doing a good job there with the forwards. Um, very good uh, with the Rucks and Moors, and just that last phase play there where we saw the guys control the ball um, and, and, and play off uh, themselves. And Albert Adai having some good touches and, and Shatsy getting over there uh, to score the try. Um, very good line at Simo and Hall doing their job there as well. Slipper I thought was fantastic. And then young Curtis Browning um, scoring a couple of tries. And the only other guy I want to mention is that uh, Sarevi, Asami Karevi, he made his debut off the bench, who I reckon is one to watch. I've been calling it for a little while. He finally got on the field. Didn't get too much of a chance, but I think he's a he's a good little player there. So or a very good big player. So um, that's uh, Reds get a, 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 an important win, and they're, I think they're 12th now. So they're off the bottom of the ladder. I'm very happy with that. Um, yes, exactly. Well, let's move on to the Tars, who had a fantastic win uh, versus the Chiefs over there. Uh, Dave, you would have enjoyed this, I'm sure. I did. I mean, the thing that I liked about it the most, and Matt will probably talk about some other things, but the thing I loved about it the most was just the, the nasty, aggressive defence. Like, they were just... They were just mean and nasty. They were smashing people, and they didn't stop. They pretty much did it all game. But the, the way they came out and started just just absolutely beating them up, um, which is, you know, I've been wanting to see Australian teams doing that for a long time because we've had some good defensive teams, but just that was just nasty, uh, and it was actually quite good to see. And I think that's what set it up for them because they just they, they bashed them, and then they, then they just then they outran them. And it was, yeah. uh, it was, it was, look, it was a really impressive game. It wasn't their highest. They didn't put on as many tries as other games. But for me, that was the, the best performance they put on the park. Okay, the Chiefs are maybe a bit down on form and they don't have maybe the strongest set piece. But, you know, to go over there and to, to beat them like that was um, pretty impressive, especially when the Chiefs fought back. And then they just, they just stuck to what they were doing and they, they scored more points and, and blew them away again. I mean, in the past, I think they would have, dropped their bundle and started trying to kick for position and doing it badly, and we probably would have lost. Gags, what's your read? I mean, that physicality was pretty key. It was uh, it was the right win at the right time of the season, I reckon, for them. Yeah, I mean, geez, I, um, I, I didn't plan to watch the match live because, I was, yeah, to be honest with you, I tipped against it. Um, yeah. When you looked at the Tars... Um, 
record in New Zealand recently. But uh, yeah, switched it on with 10 minutes to go. And just, you know, Dave just talked about the defence, which was great. But it, they're just so brutal in attack as well. You know, it just kind of just they just batter the opposition. And um, I think the commentators made the comment about how big the Tars looked. And they really know how to use it. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it was really really good to see and i think um, a lot of it was just around their, their recycle ball i still can't get over the kind of just in time clearance that they do on the ball you know each ruck they you know kind of send uh you know sort of two cleaners through literally at the very last second um after the opposition have, have kind of you know committed to the breakdown um mm. and then phipps is there and the ball's gone um it just feels like almost every ruck you think oh this is going to get turned over but it doesn't um, yet, you know, and they managed just to, you know, keep that ball flowing. So anyway, amazing pace. And they really got into a rhythm, I thought. Um, and it, yeah, it was, it was great. It was great to see. Yeah, that is a massive Chiefs pack and, and the Tars uh, bettered them for that physicality, but also the tight, the, uh, the scrum, the set piece of they uh, put in some massive scrums there. So Pat, Patty Ryan in particular doing well. So mm. good old the Tars. They're what, two points from the top with a, a couple of results going their way. And a game in hand, so um, uh, uh, continuing the uh, their surge up the ladder. And the final game of the round from an Australian perspective was the the Brumbies doing a, a significant number on the Rebels by thirty seven to ten. Uh, and I think the score says pretty much all you need to see there. Hmm. Uh, correct, Matt. The uh, not much more to say from that perspective. Yeah. Brumbies very, very clinical. Uh, yeah. Rebels not much so. Yeah, I know mean, the Brumbies just blew them away from, you know, literally, I mean, Tamua scored in the second minute and yep. they scored another two tries by the 15th minute. Um, just absolutely dominated them. And um, the Rebels, you know, it was a bit like, um, uh, you know, what it was kind of like, uh, you know, opposed training sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the Rebels really went backwards with their defence. And I thought, I'm not really surprised Scott Higginbotham not even making the team because he was nowhere to be seen last weekend, I thought. Um, and they really came unstuck with the, you know, with the ranging out wide type game when he was needed up front to mix it up. So um, the, the one concern that did come out was uh, Leofano's, and maybe that's why he didn't get the nod either. I mean, his kicking was atrocious. He got two out of, yeah. two out of six mm. penalties. Uh, conversions, I should say. He just looked way off the mark. So, um, yeah, he's got some work to do on his kicking, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, so that's wrapped it up. Like I said, the Waratahs are second, sitting second at the moment on 43 points. Brumbies are on fourth and 40 uh, behind, one point behind the Crusaders, but obviously the wild card factor is there for the, the Crusaders. Uh, the Force are still there. They're just one point out of the top six on 36 points, trailing the Hurricanes. And you go down further, the Reds are sitting in 12th and the Rebels second last. So still a lot of South Africans down that bottom half of the ladder, but they're being joined by a couple of Aussie teams. Um, hopefully we can see those guys, uh, the Reds and the Rebels, uh, finish a bit stronger. They do play each other, which make that difficult, but it's all up to the Waratahs, Brumbies, and the Force for the chance there as we head into the, the mid-season break. Guys, just a bit of news I think we should touch on um, before we wrap up for the evening. I guess first and foremost, the under-20s of the Junior World Cup has started uh, over there in Argentina, I think that's correct, isn't it? Uh, in New Zealand, that New was. Zealand, oh, yeah. it was New Zealand, sorry. They, yeah, yeah they versed, versed Argentina in the first game on Monday. Yeah. And got up with a very good win, 36-17. Lee Grant did a great review of the match on the on the blog site if you if you haven't seen any of it and some of the highlights on the IRB website. Yeah. Any of you guys get to watch the game at all? I've yeah, just I seen saw highlights. Yeah, I saw most of it. It, it, it was amazing. The, the forward pack was just was just immense. I think they won five tight heads against the Argentine uh, pack, which 
usually uh, they have some pretty uh, pretty good forwards and, and props. So it was just amazing to uh, to see an Australian scrum dominate another country like that. So oh, it's great. And oh, that bodes well for the future. The hope, the hope that dawns. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Well, they're, they're, they're coached by Adrian Thompson, who's had a hell of a lot of experience, and they've probably had their best preparation for an under-20s tournament they have they have ever had in terms of the effective national under 20s cup they had and also a number i think five or six trials uh against uh you know fully aged men which would have helped them prepare as well and well they and, smashed uh, they smashed that barbarians team last yeah, weekend whenever it was i mean that was uh there's some decent players in that time yeah absolutely so that's uh, that's great i think they play england on friday as their next game so we wish the juniors uh, all the very best of luck there uh, next thing I want to talk about is a bit of player movement going on. Uh, Jason Woodward from the Rebels is decided to head back to New Zealand and chance his arm for an All Blacks jersey. Uh, on the flip side, they've signed Mikey Harris from the Reds, who will uh, be there for the next couple of years. Whether he ends up playing fullback, who knows? I think there's probably a few more signings there. Uh, Kieran Longbottom joins the other uh, a, a bit of a raft of people heading overseas as he heads over. Um, I think he's off to England somewhere. Can anyone recall where he's, where he's off to? Saracens. Saracens it is, yeah. Um, and then just some the rumour mill at the Reds on the back of Harris leaving. Some interesting ones here. First, I think I alluded to the fact that the fingers were going. Well, the latest rumour is that they're staying. Some people are saying they have resigned, uh, but the Reds haven't announced anything, and, and the suggestion is they'll hold off until uh, the their big Carla ball at the end of the year. Um, to announce all their signings, uh, but the fingers might be staying. Uh, but the other talk is that the likes of Betty Quirk, Rocket Davies, uh, Shatsy, and Benny Lucas are all, are all mm, having talks of various dis- various levels with the force, so or at least uh, interested in looking. Now that could all be rumour at the moment, but it's um, it's a worrying one for the for the Reds at least. Mm. Yeah, just on the force as well. Um, last weekend they re-signed Albie Matheson for two years. Uh, for a further two years, the AOU uh, gave them dispensation to sign me again, so it's it's great for great for the force. And then Albie will be back. Them. Yeah, Albie will be back after the break uh, after his little ankle injury. Um, so yeah, he's loving it over here, and, and we're loving having him. He's been in great form this year. He has indeed. Um, then any other signings of note there, guys, that I missed? Not uh, there's no no league players signed up this week in Sydney, no Reg. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Um, although, is, uh, did I hear rumours about, is it maybe the Reds sniffing around Carmichael Hunt? Is that a rumour flying around? Yeah, that's right. That was mentioned that I think there's discussions have uh, started there. Um, uh, I think they're going to need AAU top-up. I don't think anyone from the AAU has spoken to them yet, but I, I don't know what stage of the process they get involved there. But by all reports, uh, he has had discussions with the Reds, which is interesting because they're apparently also having discussions with O'Connor. So, Outside backs uh, coming into the team. Not sure if that's exactly what we need, but uh, a couple of uh, talented players uh, regardless. Yeah, well, the AOU is so flush with money, I'm sure they'll be able to fix that up. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, NRC, I just want to touch up a couple of things there. I know uh, Queensland are due to name their two coaches for the Brisbane team and the country team pretty soon. I'm going to try and get one of their guys on the podcast, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. We can hopefully... Give us a bit of information there. And the other coaching news is that Phil Blake, who was announced as the North Harbour Rays coach, oh gosh, only a matter of weeks ago, has signed to head off to the Leicester Tigers over in uh, over in England. So um, 
they've lost their coach already. And still uh, no announcement as to who will replace them, but I assume it'll be someone else from the, the joint venture up there. But uh, NRC is, is getting closer and closer. I think the ARU have provided a short list of, of rules uh, or proposed rule changes, and, and they're looking for people to pass comment on those on their website. So if you haven't had a chance, get on and have a look at those. Have you guys had a look at those rules at all? Some interesting ones there? Uh, I haven't had a look at them in detail yet, so I'm not going to make a, uh, any broad comments. <laughs> no, I haven't. Reg, have you? Yeah, I did, mate. I did my homework. Ah. Um, oh, look, there is some uh, some pure interpretation stuff, bonus points for the team. Uh, you only get your bonus point if you score more than three tries in your opposition, so it's not just four tries and you get your bonus point. You have to actually score three more than your opposition. Um uh, oh, this was an odd one. You could have Mark at anywhere in the field, uh, which I thought was really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't think that's a good idea. But, yeah. but there was the uh, the yellow card one where the captain can choose anyone. Who gets on the other yellow side. card? Yeah, the captain of the the non offending team can choose anyone on the other other team to send off for the yellow card. So awesome. Is, Israel <laughs> Falau straight off. Catch you later. Um, now that's why you, that's why you want Tommy Carter in your team. <laughs> yeah, just to distract people. Oh, you'll get, get carted off, and then you know, the coach got it's all right. I was playing yeah. him to sub him anyway. Yeah, exactly, and, he, and it, he's not missed. <laughs> That's great. And I think the other one, another interesting one, was um, restarts after a penalty shot at goal, regardless of whether you miss or get it, is a scrum to the other team where the shot was taken. So I, I guess in the premise of trying to discourage penalty shots being taken. So rather than a kickoff Especially again, from halfway. Yeah, well, exactly, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a, a bunch there, guys. So jump on the website and have a look and you can have your vote on what you think's worthwhile and what's not worthwhile. Mm. They're the ones um, I noted as well, Rich, yeah. Yeah, okay, well done, Matt, thanks. Um, one thing I did want to make comment on, we, we, we created a bit of a, a social media frenzy earlier this week with the Gagger All-Stars where we, we put, picked uh, over the last 30 years, so since that 84 Grand Slam team um, to now, we, we picked sort of five players in each backline position, gave them a bit of a, 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 a currency value. Given you a, a salary cap, was it twenty two bucks? I think that's yeah, twenty two bucks. Yeah, and uh, have challenged you to pick your all star gagger all stars. Um, so jump on Twitter and check out that hashtag if you haven't been on the blog, and see if you can pick your star team uh, from that generation. We're going to be doing the forward pack next week, which will be interesting. What do you think, Matt? That was a bit of a tough task. Yeah, it wasn't easy, was it? And um, I think we've had like two hundred entries or so. I mean, I thought, I mean, you know, how many? variations can you have but then i kind of counted it up and it's you know probably around about seven thousand um so yeah uh yeah go for it if you haven't got it in yet get it in i think it's a great yeah, idea no, i love it yeah no it was a lot of fun and, and it was uh, it's good to see a lot of people uh get behind it so let's see how the forward pack goes next week and ultimately we'll have our uh, gag all stars and then we're having some sort of competition around it but in the end it's just about uh, interacting and everyone loves picking their their favorite uh, wallaby team um which pretty much wraps us up and, and brings the focus back onto the wallaby team which should be our focus on saturday night it's our chance to get back up there and, and uh cheer for the the boys in gold as they take on the frogs, which is always a great contest. The frogs haven't 
God, I don't think they've won a test match in Australia since 1990 um, and a series since, gosh, I think the early 80s. So um, they've got a long drought to overcome and, and uh, I think we've all got good confidence in this Wallaby team doing it to uh, continue that streak. There's some good players there, though. I mean, I just... I... I'll admit I haven't gone through the uh, French team yet, but I saw like is it uh, Fiku and oh the other guy's name starts with F playing in the centres um, for the oh, yeah 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 Fiku and Fafana you got to be careful uh, saying those things too far. but they're both quality players um, so you know I think it could be a, you know be a, a cracker of, of, of a few games and I know there are still tickets going at ba- um, Ballymore Suncor I'm pretty sure. Um, I think the ARU have put some sort of a deal together, so check it, that out on uh, Ticket Tech. If you haven't got a ticket, get along, because it's such a great, you know, th- they're all great venues this year, and um, it should be, a, I, I'm really looking forward to it. It should, it should be a cracking game. Yeah, and I think it's been three years since the Wallabies have won the first test of a year, so uh, it's another <laughs> nice challenge for them. So let's so get they're gonna do They're going to do it for me and Matt this week. We'll be up there. Yeah, yeah awesome. I can't wait. With our banjos on our knees. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good to see get, a win at Suncorp this year. I want to get me one of them berets. <laughs> Berets. Um, Sorry. All right, guys. Well, that'll wrap us up. Uh, Matt, thanks for your time, mate. No, good to see you. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, you too, Dave. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you for my inaugural visit. I'm very pleased. Yeah. No, you did, you did well. We might have you back. And well, to uh, and to Gaff, mate, over in the West. We uh, always enjoy you having on. Thanks for having me, guys. Bring on Saturday night. Good one. Exactly. We'll see you guys soon. See ya. See ya. Yeah, right there, right there.